I'm John. And I'm David. And you're listening to the Autocorrect Podcast. Today's episode is going to be interesting because we are going to be uploading the do line and the microwave station long line power episode but for those of you who have been following with us since earlier on or have listened to some of our older episodes we have covered the development and the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope and uh, we've been pretty active in in terms of new you know space exploration news so this week or within the past week was a huge milestone yeah it was last friday which is it was last friday which was may 12th 2022 yep and it came from the event horizon telescope so not the james webb space telescope which i believe is fully operational at this point correct i believe so but in any case this was a photo taken by the event horizon telescope of sagittarius a star and for those of you who don't know, Sagittarius A star is the black hole at the center of the Milky Way, which is our galaxy. Yeah, so about 27,000 light years away. Which is close in space terms. Yeah, of course. Um, this is coming after the April 10th, 2019 photo that was taken of M87, or sorry, the black hole at the center of M87, which is about 54.5 million light years away. So that's just to put it into scale. And M87 is massive. Uh, the, if you actually look at the, the image sizes, they're fairly similar, even though Sagittarius A star is 27,000 light years away, whereas M87 is 54.5 million light years away. So that should uh, help put into scale just how big uh, M87 is. And yeah. then to put Sagittarius A star into perspective, it would fit inside of Venus's orbit, which is about 36 million miles or 58 million kilometers. Yeah. So the, we're, we're not dealing with something small here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is large. And so these were, you're not just using, a, it's a, you're not usually using a fancy, a fancy camera. <laughs> no, this is so much more than a fancy camera. So, they had to utilize optical, so as like I'm not going to say a standard camera, but the conventional way people think of a camera working is optical in terms of capturing light that way of our visible spectrum, I should say. A picture that you see is just an assembly of visual light. Our visible light spectrum is humans. That's optical. That's the optical. Uh, that's our optical pictures then we have infrared so infrared light we can't see but the infrared light spectrum and then radio and this this one photo was not taken just by the one telescope not not just by the one event horizon telescope uh it was actually compiled from a whole network of uh different arrays so the x-ray data was from nasa's chandra x-ray observatory from the Nuclear Spectroscopic Telescope Array, so New Star, and the, this one I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce correctly, but the Neil, I think it's Grells, but I'm not sure, Swift Observatory, 
and then the radio data from uh, East Asian very long baseline interferometer. Is this? It's I, that's which, what it's called. I, it's funny. But I, I don't know why it's it's kind of just funky that they use very long baseline as they. Well, it's probably a translation thing. Yeah, so it's VLBI that network, and then the global three millimeter VLBI array, and finally the infrared data from the European Southern Observatory's very large telescope in Chile, which I think we've talked about this in the past, but we are. We are still hurting from the loss of the Arecibo uh, Radio Telescope B Observatory. Um, we've we've talked about this before, but there was a one the the last cable was pretty much broken. That the the station was destroyed. It was a twelve meter telescope. Actually, I believe that observatory was in a few video games. I believe so, yeah. It's either Battlefield or Call of Duty or something, which is interesting. So people will actually recognize that if they see a picture of it, which is pretty funny, even if they don't know what it what it was. So, yeah, so that picture was made using a whole network of telescopes. Something that I also just want to stress is that the picture of the center of M87 and now this picture of Sagittarius A star, these are not the two best pictures of black holes. These are the only two pictures of black holes. Yeah, the problem with trying to get a picture of a black hole is that a black hole absorbs all of the surrounding light. Yeah. So there's nothing to capture. The black hole absorbs all of the surrounding everything. Everything, right. And so it's incredibly difficult to get anything even any microscopic amount of data. So what are, what are the next steps with this data? Uh, researchers and scientists want to now figure out a way to take a video of the, uh, of the black hole, and this is not a 30-second video. We're talking about essentially more of a time lapse over the course of several months or years to observe how the black hole morphs over time, how it progresses over time. What, uh, you know, help us understand more what actually happens around black holes specifically with the regards to the magnetic field around them so the immediate next step is going to be to capture some sort of a polarized image which will help us visualize the magnetic field around it. it's incredible we've gotten this far it is absolutely astounding and keep in mind uh, our newest and most advanced telescope is the james webb space telescope and this was not even involved in yeah, that that will be. We are actually gonna cover some of the new stuff with that soon, but we are waiting for uh, some of like the full pictures to be released. Which and that's another thing where our technology has got us so far that even the first few like full pictures from that are gonna be incredible. Yeah, it, it, the data that we're going to receive from the James Webb St- Space Telescope is just it, you can't comprehend it. You can see what, 16 billion years in the past with that telescope? So with the James Webb Space Telescope, we'll be able to see 13.6 billion years in the past. Yeah, and for those of you that have seen our other episodes, or you'll know what that the significance of that, but for those of you that haven't, the range of it is measured in 
billions of light years in the past because of the speed of light. Yeah. So essentially what that means in this context is that Sagittarius A star, the the picture that we were able to take of it is 27,000 years old. And the photo of uh, M87 that we were able to take, or I should say picture, it's not a photo, of M87 is 54.5 million years old. These pictures were taken 54.5 million and 27,000 years ago. That we're essentially seeing into the past with those. Right. It, it's just, you can't comprehend what we'll be able to learn. One thing that's pretty cool. Uh, so you can, right now, because the James Webb telescope is, uh, was fully aligned, and now you can go on the James Webb, so jwst.nasa.gov, and you can see where the, you can see the timeline of the deployment and where it is now. And so uh, we will be posting uh, a couple pictures, and hopefully we're going to try and get that video that we saw of the zooming in that explained the recent discovery of the um yeah i'm pretty sure that video is on nasa's website somewhere yeah and so we have we just have to make sure it's not, we we don't want to be having any issues with copyright and things if but. nothing else we'll uh we'll send the link to uh nasa's website where you can view the video yeah so this is a huge deal, and we're going to have a lot more of these, honestly, from in the coming months and years, especially with the deployment of the James Webb. So the Event Horizon Telescope is completely ground-based, and between now when this picture of Sagittarius A-star came out and in 2019 when uh, M87 came out, there have been three new telescopes added, and... This is just such a groundbreaking discovery. I wonder what another three years will bring. Especially with the James Webb. I mean, the, the discoveries are limitless. It is just, as I've said before, you can't comprehend it. So we have discussed this in the past, but for the anniversary of the moon landing, we are going to be going back into our space exploration series. And... One of the things that we are going to start out is, you know, a, a good look at the history of, you know, we'll start with NASA and, and the history in terms of space exploration and scientific discoveries in, in terms of the U.S., but we will go into international scale after. But we will be talking about kind of technological advances, the leaps we've made, and how much how it'll put into perspective how crazy it is where we're at now and how quickly we're advancing now even though for a long time it seemed like space exploration was like put as a back burner yeah it uh i mean obviously there was the space race between us and the soviet union and then once uh once the apollo mission sort of died off that was um that was a big lull in uh, in space exploration, at least for the U.S. Well, the, the problem came when the shuttle was, when the shuttle program ended. That was 2011. Yeah, that was, that kind of seemed like it could be the death of the immediate space program. Yeah, and um, then was it, was it 2016 that they were threatening to 
cancel or really cut funding to NASA. Yeah, it was. It got close. It it got really close. It's kind of although one of the things we have talked about is that we know more about space than we do about our own planet in terms of the oceans. The the other flip side of that is, I think, the reduced government funding towards space also allowed private companies like SpaceX to really take over and flourish. Yes. And I think there's something to be said about that. And they do, in, in all honesty, I mean, they work in unison, kind of, but the we, we were kind of at a crossroads with the ending of the shuttle program and you know it wasn't looking great but we've seemed to especially honestly looking at the specifically the james webb the tele, the space tele, jwst the fact that we've made this this new leap that with a 13 or however many or whatever the billion I think it was eight billion dollars eight billion right um it billions were spent on this telescope and it was not for nothing it is a. It will give us answers to things that we have. It'll give us known. answers to questions that we can't even ask. It will give us answers to questions we haven't been remotely close to answering. It will prove things wrong. It will prove things right. It will show us things that we didn't know even existed. the the uh, The possibilities from this are unbelievable. And you know, now with the data from this network of telescopes showing us the black hole at the center of our own galaxy milky way that wasn't even utilizing james webb space telescope no so it it is incredible it is a and it really is a global effort at this point too yeah it's an international like push to get like to advance our understanding and our 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 knowledge our understanding of how we fit in the universe how the universe works around us and it's something that we may never we will probably never understand completely no, just but, like our oceans we will probably never understand our oceans completely either yeah but space is something that there's no way for us to truly understand fully how things work there no matter how long we work at it it's it's too the complexity is is just unbelievable, but we do know that there are places where our laws of physics don't always hold. So, Black holes, primarily. Uh, yeah, and so there's there's more to be found. There's always more to be found, and there's more that will be found. Oh, absolutely. And surprisingly, I, I don't it think looks that like we'll ever. I don't think that we'll ever reach a point where we stop making discoveries. No, definitely not. But it did seem in the past five, ten years that we slowed down in terms of space until now. And by that, I don't mean that we'll have discovered everything. I mean that we will have maxed out our capabilities. I don't think we will ever max out our capabilities. No, because as we discover more, we become more capable. Exactly. But it does, you know, a lot of the stuff depends on funding and being able to spare the resources and the people the, the you know the money the the economic resources the people having these facilities these things like this is why like in the past 10 years or so it, it almost seemed like it was going to slow down for a while and become a private matter yeah and like i said you know the the, the private companies that have uh 
that have stepped up, primarily SpaceX. I don't I don't know if Blue Origin has really done anything other than just space travel. Not really. But especially SpaceX and um I think there's another one in Europe or is the European is the European Space Agency privatized now? I have no idea. We haven't I haven't looked into that. There's either a, another large space agency that's privatized or the European Space Agency is privatized. I I am not sure of that. But Government funding is great, but it also helps to have all this private funding coming through, too. It, it really does help push through advancements. I think that's going to be it for this episode. We just kind of, we wanted to touch on this incredible development. And yeah, it, everything is not known yet. It's still breaking news. So in July, we will be going very in-depth, especially in honor of the anniversary of the moon landing. That's that's going to be it for this one. We're going to be putting out an episode, this episode, along with our Dewline episode, where we talk about the Dewline and the other Cold War technology projects, the you know the long line stations, all that. That that'll be going out as well. So if you have listened to this and you haven't listened to that one, that will be a very interesting one to listen to. So that's going to be it for this one. We'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.